0: Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Erin Motz. Erin is the co founder of Bad Yogi and the voice of real yogis everywhere. She is a NASA certified personal trainer specializing in corrective exercise, a precision nutrition certified nutrition coach, and has been teaching yoga for over 17 years. Erin's been a student of the human body for over a decade, her years of independent study in anatomy, biomechanics, kinesiology, and personal training with her experience teaching yoga to a diverse group of private clients, ranging from professional athletes to stay at home moms have taught her how to get proven results in her spare time. Erin is a mom, wife, occasional wine drinker, cheese eater, and not your typical yoga teacher. You won't hear much Sanskrit. She totally forgives you if you don't know your asana from your elbow, and she believes that yoga is for everyone, from the kale loving vegan to the prize winning deer hunter. In this episode, Erin shares how she created not only a non judgmental yoga space for herself and her followers, but how we can apply it to creating a realistic and enjoyable healthy lifestyle. And as a bonus, you'll get her top three yoga moves to add into your morning routine to wake up the body and her top three to add into your evening routine to put you in total relaxation mode. So even if you're not quite ready to add a yoga class to your weekly schedule, you can still feel the benefits in less than 10 minutes a day. Erin, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on and pick your brain not only about you know maybe some things yoga strength training but really more so about creating a realistic and enjoyable healthy lifestyle because i think you do such a good job of letting everyone know that not everything has to be perfect whether it's in yoga whether it's in eating well, et cetera. So (laughs) before I dive into everything then, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here, happy to chat and uh, yeah, see where the conversation goes.
0: I'd love for you to start off with telling our listeners a bit more about your journey um, into yoga, into health and wellness and why you created Bad Yogi. And because you did just have a really great reel on it, why you chose the name bad yogi.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was sort of always around, I was always in this industry. My first job, one of my first jobs was working in a gym. Like I sold gym memberships. I worked the front desk and when I was like 15, you know, did all that stuff. And so I was always around it. And for me, when I was a teenager, the Holy grail of professions would be like a personal trainer and In my estimate, but you know, I was too young, I couldn't afford any of the trainings or anything. So I just dabbled in everything. And as a typical teenager does, you know, I got my first car, I got my driver's license, and I was like, yes, I am going to eat Taco Bell every single day. And so that's what I did. Right. Um, And I, it didn't take me that long to feel like, wow, I feel pretty bad, (laughs) like eating out all the time. And I had this gym membership. So I was like, all right, I can do all this stuff. Let me try the treadmill. Okay, well, that's, that sucks. That's so boring. Um, I tried every class that the gym had uh, available and I just didn't really jive with them. I was way too intimidated to even attempt strength training on my own. And so I was like, well, let me try yoga. You know, like I was very punk rock as a teenager and yoga really felt on brand for punk rock, Aaron. So I, uh, yeah, I took one class and I was like, this is everything that I've ever wanted. I just like fell in love immediately. And I went to every single class I could. And within a couple weeks, the teacher that I had, maybe, maybe it was about three weeks, um, the teacher that I was going to, she came up to me and she was like, I am actually leaving in a few months and there's a training coming up. If you want to do it, like you should do it. And maybe you could take my class, like take it over. And I'm like sweating thinking about it because I was so stressed out at the time. <laughs> and I was thinking like, <gasps> I was 16 years old at this point and I really just felt like I had no idea how this was going to go teaching. I don't know. I didn't even like to talk in front of people. So I was not going to do it. And she kind of like, Oh, you know, maybe you really should. And I did. And so like long story short, I started teaching and I just, I fully loved it. The only problem was that, you know, at the time this was now like almost 20 years ago. Uh, but at the time yoga, the yoga space was very, very exclusive. It was very rigid, judgmental, male dominated, um, and, and very exclusive feeling. So not just because it was expensive and people wore like fancy stuff, but there was just a certain set of unspoken rules that if you didn't look like this, do these things, check these boxes. It just, it was not a welcoming place, honestly. So like I, my teacher, that woman uh, was wonderful, but like just generally, like you walk in any studio at that point, it was like, wow, this is not a vibe that I want to be a part of. And I was trying so desperately being really young and just to like fit in. And I wanted to do the things that they did and try to look like them and talk like them and laugh at what they thought was funny. And it just never felt authentic to me. So I taught like this for a long time, part time, always on the side, and always feeling like I was a little bit off of the mainstream of what yogis were. And I graduated high school, graduated college. I started working a real job in finance, and um, I was miserable there. And I was like, you know, at this point, I had been teaching for a long time, and I was thinking, I, I want to quit this corporate job and I want to teach yoga full time because it's the only thing I've really loved doing. But you know, I can't fake it full time. Like I just can't be this fake person if I'm going to do this full time. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to quit. And I put in my two weeks notice and I just thought to myself, like, all right, we're going all in. I'm going to go in all in as myself. And you know what? I'm not even going to try anymore. Forget being this perfect little goody two-shoes yogi. I'm just going to be bad yogi. Yes. I eat burgers. I drink wine. I love cheese. At the time i a lot of that stuff you know uh and i don't care that my car is like the least fuel efficient but i was young and i was like not making a lot of money so it was like one of these made so much noise just like driving down the street it it was constantly broken like something was it was rusted out at the top you know and meanwhile everybody at these fancy yoga studios has like the Prius again, it's time or like, there's just a nice car that like didn't screech when you tried to stop it. And it's just like, I just leaned all the way into this bad Yogi title. And I'm like, if that's how you're, you're all going to see me anyway. Like, yes, that's what I am. Right. So that's kind of the the genesis of well, that was the beginning of this journey. And uh yeah, it was an interesting start.
0: <laughs> well, and it's funnier because I feel like that's, what's, made you connect with so many people now because people feel fearful. I mean, I know I've been one of them like, you know, going years ago to like a Bikram class and not being able to do one of the moves or hold it, you know, the 20, like for as long as you need to and looking next to you and being like, Oh wow. Like I don't look like that at all Mm -hmm. when you're doing a pose. And it does it discourages you. For maybe wanting to go back versus being in an environment where it's like, no, you're supposed to keep, which is funny. Cause like, this is really what should be going along with the thought process of yoga, but like you should be growing and learning during it. And like, it's a progression. You don't have to all of a sudden go to a yoga class and be that perfect person. But so, I mean, I wish they had a statistic and maybe they do, but on how many people go to one yoga class and never go back just from not that they didn't enjoy the poses or the actual setting or anything like that, but just from being intimidated that they didn't look, you know, I mean, I would say most, like most people I know that
1: tried yoga and then never went back. That was why. Yes. A hundred percent. I definitely think that is such a big part of it. And, you know, like, it was actually before my husband and I were married, we were together at this point and just dating. And I remember we were wa- on a walk and when I was quitting my job and I was like, well, what am I gonna, I was writing for these like publications online, you know, these yoga publications that I had to like have a name for the columns that I was writing. And like, I had to call myself something other than Aaron. Yeah. I just felt like that, oh, you know, that's not very interesting. So he said, you know, it was actually him who was like, yeah, I was saying, I'm not this good yogi, you know, like I'm kind of bad if I'm talking about yoga. And he was like, all right, bad yogi. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like I will get eaten alive. Like that would that's like heresy, you know, in the yoga space at the time to say something like that. And so I was fully prepared to present myself this way and to be just eaten alive by the yoga community. And I was, I was eaten alive by the yoga community. However, yoga practitioners, yogis themselves were the ones that were like, thank God somebody said it, you know, cause that's how I feel. So it was like my students, the people who were coming to my classes, the people who were finding me online, it was them, my audience, my community who eventually became my community were like, yes, you see us, you see me. And so it's like, that's really what mattered the most at that point was it was like, Oh, the people that I'm teaching, that's who I'm relating to. I don't need to relate to other teachers. I'm not them and they're not me and they have their people and I have mine. And I definitely think there's a huge component of, of like, if you can't relate to who you were um, taking a class with or the people around you, you know, it's difficult to say, yeah, I'd love to go back and put myself in that space again. No, I think you're right. I
0: mean, that's what makes us go back to certain classes, right? It's like how it makes us feel. Mm -hmm. And especially in yoga, it's the instructor. I mean, that's who you're listening to the entire time. It's not like, you know, you're going to an orange theory class and there's time to like chat with the person next to you. You're only focused on the teacher. So like, I mean, I know I would only go to certain yoga classes that like, there were only certain teachers I would go to. One, yes, I liked how they taught, but it was their personality. It was like their music. It was just feeling, yeah, like they were either a little bit like me or so different than me that I wanted to learn from them. Um do you think, Erin, there's a there's gonna be a time or there's a time coming that where there's going to start to be a discussion in yoga trainings about how people don't have to be perfect and including that in your message when you're teaching, like it's okay. You know, if your pose doesn't look perfect, we'll get there. Or do you think it's going to kind of always be this a little bit more rigid space, at least with the teaching aspect,
1: you know, funnily, I think yeah, for trainings. I mean, I, I, there's definitely been a huge shift in the yoga space in the last 10 to 12 years where like when I first started out, yes, it was very rigid, very strict, very rule-based, very like sacred, you know? And, you know, even like wearing funky yoga pants, like, geez, that was like, what are you doing? You know? Um, And now so much is different. I know for a fact that in almost, every, I feel like a lot of teachers now speak the, the way, not not because of me, obviously, but speak the way that I do in that people are, a lot of teachers are saying, hey, yeah, no, if you can't do that, do this instead. Um, don't worry if you can't get it perfect. Ah, we're all, everybody drinks wine now. Like all yoga teachers are like cool and relatable and that's great. So, I think the conversation has really shifted because now it's, you know, for better or for worse, there's a lot of conversation around that too. It's moved out of this space of like kind of untouchable, almost I really don't I don't want to use the word holy, but it but kind of that that feeling. It's like very sacred, like you just don't mess with it. It is what it is. This is the right way to do it and there's no other way. Now, like when it when something comes mainstream, we sort of disassemble that and we're like, Oh, let's take this. What makes sense here for us now let's take this and do it this way. Let's take this piece here. We're leaving the rest, you know? And again, there's like a lot of that's, that's controversial in and of itself. Like how much of yoga is it still yoga if you're not including these other elements? Um, but I think something going mainstream, that's sort of the evolution of it. So, I think it is a conversation happening in trainings to, um, offer modifications, to make the space, um, one that is warm and, and welcoming to the people that you're bringing in. Um, but yeah, obviously it wasn't always that way, but I do think it has changed and it will continue to move in that direction. You know, I, I think so.
0: Yeah. And also to you think about you know, generations coming up too, right? Like yeah. it's going to be your millennials teaching. It's going to be, you know, and they have a different thought p- process. Like we think differently than generations before us. So I'm hopeful for that. What would you say, Aaron? those like your advice for anyone listening that maybe went to a yoga class once or twice, or like tried one on YouTube and was a little bit deterred would you say like try to find a teacher you identify with or like what would be your best way to get them kind of to try it again
1: yeah i think the teacher is huge like you might not because also not only are i mean teachers are people so like you have to kind of like the person that you're taking with but also everybody teaches different style like there's so many styles of yoga that um I think the most common one that you're going to see everywhere in almost every studio is vinyasa, which is like this continuous flow, you know, and you might have something more restorative. That's also pretty popular, but like we're power yoga, which is usually vinyasa, but um, yeah. So it's like, you can find a style that maybe resonates with you more. So first of all, ask yourself what you're trying to get out of it. Like when I first started doing yoga, I I wanted the fancy stuff. Like I want the hard I want to challenge myself. I want to do like handstands. I want to try something crazy, you know? And it's like, if that's what you're after, you can find that. But if you're like looking for something restorative and you end up in a class like that, you're going to be like, F this. I don't want any of what's happening here, you know? Um, And then you have like, my mom is very, very type A. She's like spin junkie. She came to one of my restorative classes like years ago and she left like halfway through because she was like, no, I'm not even going to pretend like I can do this. Right. So it's like first ask yourself why, why you're doing it. Cause that'll guide the, the, the direction of what type of class you choose. And then once you figure that out, whether you want something more grounding and restorative or you want something powerful and Uh, exciting uh then it's a matter of like finding your teacher um i think yoga is an incredible tool and one that um anybody moving at all like whether you're some kind of athlete or you're just strength training for life or you're a runner like everybody needs something to improve their mobility and their flexibility and keep that part of their system functioning well and yoga is a really great way to do that so it's like everybody should do yoga uh in my opinion at least a little bit so it's just a matter of finding the right teacher and the right style.
0: Yeah, no, this morning I did a, a 20 minute class on YouTube and I haven't honestly or like done like, you know, like a real stretching session or like a yoga class in a while when I am currently pregnant. So I feel like if I oh. get in a workout, it's like 10 or 20 minutes here and there. And like, I automatically kind of go to like strength training But oh my gosh, today was a wake up call of, hey girl, you need to stretch. You need to do more yoga. Like I was so tight. Like there is no extra um, elasticity in me right now from this pregnancy. (laughs) But it felt as much as like, honestly, it was a little bit painful. Mm -hmm. It felt so good. And it's like, you get that like craving to go back. And I know in your program, you combine yoga with strength training. What led you to that and to making that combination? And why do you think that combination of yoga and strength training is so powerful or, and so effective, I should say, really?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's both, I think. So for a long time, I, um, like I came in and out of strength training through my teenage years and I got like really serious about it in college. I thought I was going to do like a physique competition (laughs) you know. <laughs> uh, that was not, yeah, no. Um, and then like with work and all that, it fell by the wayside and I just really committed to yoga. So I went all in on yoga. I taught that full time, obviously. And then whenever I quit my job, I was teaching like 22 times, 22 classes a week. And I was usually demonstrating them because I taught, um, at the, you know, now this is so not how I teach. It's just funny to think about, but I used to teach a lot of really advanced classes. So I was demonstrating a lot and they were all heated. And I swear I like, I like ruined my body temporarily uh, because I was just constantly doing this one form of exercise. And anybody who has only done one form of exercise over a long period of time can attest to this same experience. Like Wow, if you only cycle, if you only strength train, you're going to feel really tight if you never stretch. If you only play basketball, your knees are going to feel terrible. Your ankles are going to have no range of motion, right? Based on anything. So yoga is no different. All I was doing was yoga and it was to such a like the quantity of classes just ruined me. I had no like integrity around my joints. I felt like I had no uh, no strength. My calf muscles were like completely gone, you know. And it was when I took like a long, I had, I had um, a big project uh, for yoga that I I filmed for in Germany for two months. And then I, it's like, I filmed that over the course of a month. And then I took like seven weeks off after that because we were traveling and I thought I'm going to be in such bad shape by the time I get back, I'm going to have to do some crazy stuff. Honestly, I had never, I hadn't felt that good in so long that when I got back, I was like, okay, this is obviously like unsustainable. I've got to balance things out. And then when I started like decreasing the amount of yoga I was doing and just not eliminating it, but bringing it down and pushing up the strength training to be like a little bit more than the yoga proportionally, I was like, boom, lightning. That's the sweet spot. you know, Cause I felt like I was strong. I was putting that um, healthy stress on my body, you know, like, as you know, Mm. your, your bones, your joints need this, this resistance in order to, you know, if we want to age well. So yeah, I, I just felt like, oh, not only do I know this intellectually, but I have experienced it and I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel good and I want to age well. I want every decade, I want to feel as good as I can into every decade um, that I'm alive, not to be dramatic, but you know, Mm. (laughs) so it's like, I personally think it's the perfect combination and that's why I teach it.
0: (laughs) It can be so hard to remember to take your supplements every day, but sometimes all you need is to look forward to taking them. Nordic Naturals gummies are a convenient and delicious way to help you stick to your supplement routine. Gummies also have a higher bioavailability than capsules, helping your body absorb more nutrients more easily. And if you're looking to cut down on your sugar intake this year, Nordic Naturals offers a wide variety of zero-sugar gummies for both adults and children. My personal favorite are the zero-sugar curcumin gummies with their delicious mango taste. Head to nordic.com and use the code NATURALLYWELL15 for 15% off all Nordic Naturals zero-sugar gummies for adults and children. And going into that decades aspect... I mean, as women and just men too, we all go through sarcopenia, which is just muscle loss as we Mm -hmm. age. And even if you're doing, you know, let's say you're doing yoga and you're doing a lot of like body weight poses, you Mm -hmm. still want that extra resistance. So that combination of the two, I really think is the golden key because you're still working on your flexibility, which is so important as you age, you're working on your balance, which is extremely Mm -hmm. important as you age. And then you add in that strength factor to help support and hopefully kind of get ahead some of some of that muscle loss. So like, honestly, Aaron, it's like my like goals, like goals to be like yoga strength training, like, those are the two that I would love and doing like some fascial work in there as well. That's like my goal. So, you know, hopefully once this little girl's out, maybe we can get there. Um, and I can start, I mean, honestly, I should probably just start taking your program now. Um, (laughs) but I think it's just such a great combination for anyone. And honestly, at any age to learn both, because like you said, you have to have a balance in it.
1: Definitely. I mean, like the simple, I remember I had, um, I worked with a a group of um, professional jujitsu fighters for a while as a yoga teacher. And like, obviously they were all very, very strong. Not a single one of them could like get their arms overhead, you know? So it's like, even if, if you're like, I just freaking love training. I love lifting heavy. I love doing all that stuff. Whatever or jujitsu, whatever the case is like, think of how, Limited, you will be as an athlete if you do not have access to your t- to your full range of motion if for any of your limbs. You know, like yeah. it will limit you if you are not balancing it out with some kind of mobility training. And mobility training is yoga. So it's like I I also totally agree that we can hedge a lot of we we can hedge a lot of the effects of aging of the impacts of that um, just by maintaining a certain level of fitness. And uh, obviously, it's it's best if you can find a fitness practice that you actually enjoy, um, some form of exercise that you enjoy, so that it's not like a, a super tedious thing all the time to stay on top of. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's super important, and I think they're just a great, a great uh, couple of practices to do together. You know, yeah.
0: And now for like anyone that's maybe not. Or maybe doesn't feel like they have the time or can create the time to add in like, okay, so now I'm going to add in a yoga class or are there three, three, you know, three or four, whatever you pick, but three or four moves that could really, you know, help someone flexibility-wise, balance-wise that they could do in the morning. And then same question for that they could add into their evening routine. That would support like, you know, like obviously like de-stressing, like just getting you kind of prepared for bed too.
1: Yeah. So off the top of my head and this, this will be probably more than three or four, but you know, yeah, pick what you like really. Yep. So, um, for both flexibility, uh, I'll say flexibility first. flexibility. Some of my favorites that I will do like almost every day, I will do a diaphragmatic breath. So, you can look that up. I'm not going to describe all of yeah, them. I was those say, types. I do a lot of those right now during pregnancy. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Yes. Good for your pelvic floor too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Diaphragmatic breath, um, thoracic spine rotations, cat cow, um, some body weight squats, like low ones, even like a yogi squat. So we're like, you squat mm. down really super low, hang out there for uh, a minute or two or more if you can. Um, I like double pigeon. I like a kneeling lunge. Uh, those are just some, yeah, I think those are some of the best ones that I like for flexibility Mm -hmm. balance. Honestly, um, for yoga, like tree pose is really classic. Anything that requires you to stand on one leg. So like warrior three, even a lunge. So like a standing lunge, like a crescent lunge in yoga or a kneeling lunge. If your balance is absolutely crap at the moment, you know, like a kneeling lunge works too. When you're working out, whenever you're doing things like a single leg deadlift or a walking lunge. These things are also really great. Um, even like any lateral lunge or lateral squats, anything that requires you to shift where you're, you know, shift out of your center of gravity and move one way or the other is going to be beneficial for you on the balance front. So in yoga, it could be dancer, it could be tree pose, could be warrior three, any kind of single legged um, lunge where you have to step or move forward. Um, is also really helpful. So it's just a handful, um, for the evening, like winding down legs up the wall. Can't go wrong with that. That's always really great. Also cat, cow, child's pose pigeon. Um, some of my favorites that like I'll do after a long flight or, you know, I've just had a terrible day. (laughs) Um, those are some of my favorites.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And I feel like that's a, it's an easy way for people to kind of Get into starting to, you know, I say people, I'm talking also about myself, like, but get back Mm -hmm. into stretching if they've been out of it or just like, just putting it into your morning routine and your evening routine and realizing how good it feels. And then that's Mm -hmm. what leads you to doing more of it or taking a class or, you know, just kind of going down that rabbit hole, I would say. Um, I want to shift gears, Aaron, a bit and talk about, cause I think you do it so well. Of Obviously like this parallels to your experience with yoga and, you know, realizing like, oh, I'm a bad Yogi. I'm not a good Yogi. How do you kind of keep that balance in other areas of, you know, health and wellness and still enjoying a healthy lifestyle and, you know, making your body feel good and feeling good on a daily basis, but also making realistic choices for yourself. I mean, we're thrown, you're in the health and wellness space and we're thrown so many, you know, not even just products, but different ways of like Mm -hmm. how we should eat, how we should be doing this. How do you really stay realistic? and true to your own journey. Cause I think you do it so well. And I think so many people get so caught up in it and they're not actually enjoying their lifestyle, which also makes it then not actually healthy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. What are, what are your, some of your tips for people or things you do?
1: So this is a, this one is like an interesting topic because uh, I think about this a lot. Um, being like bad yogi and how I started, I was I was younger, I was in my early twenties, and it was like, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about keeping my cholesterol at a good level, like, you know. Like, and and now you know, I'm a I'm a mom, I have a business, I have a life that I really enjoy, and I think much more long term. So yeah, I think about the fact that I want to, yeah, I do think about. I'm wanting to feel good when I'm 70, when I'm 80. I wanna I wanna be like functional and independent when I'm 90, hopefully. Right. Like I hope to be able to take a shower by myself. You know, (laughs) like all these things. And that's like really not everybody thinks that way. So there's a balance for me where I'm thinking about my future and making choices for my future self and also taking into consideration how important of a role joy plays in our health. So you know i'm not going to say no to like going to a, a brewery on a friday night with my family and eating the french fries and the tater tots that are like loaded with cheese and all his stuff and having a cider on a fall night like i'm definitely going to do that because that's just enjoyable you know so i i definitely try to prioritize my future self and as much as possible i do that most of the time and i also like don't deprive myself of of those moments of just like happiness living life without thinking about that stuff so you know uh i don't know if that's a good answer to the question but that's my first thought is that i really i try to do both and also like you said if you're miserable like oh, i'm you know you're just unhappy you're uncomfortable because you're constantly trying to make like healthy choices and you're never in the moment just enjoying yourself like, well, what kind of life is that? I mean, I'll, I'll sacrifice a few years if it means I'm eating, like, you know, some loaded tots with my family.
0: <laughs> a few well, it's a like, it's right? really like, what's the point? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, what's the point if you're not enjoying things? That's really like, in the end, and we all have to pause to think about it, but in the end, we want to feel good. And we want to enjoy life, but we get so Mm -hmm. caught up in, you know, oh well, when I, you know, I have to eat a certain way if I want to look a certain way, and then once I look that way, then I'll be happy, then I can really enjoy my life. And it's like, doesn't work that way. What about now? Yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. And also, right, like we say, like tomorrow's not promised. Like you, Mm -hmm. but also, it's something you just brought up, and I think that is a great tip that you shared. Like we'll often say like, so for someone who certain foods, like actually make them feel bad, like make them feel ill, right? Like, you know, maybe they have a dairy intolerance, who knows Mm -hmm. thinking about, or food has so much power over them that like they eat something, they feel so guilty after it, which does more harm to their body than the actual food itself thinking, how is this going to make me feel in the moment? And how is it going to make me right feel in my future self? Yeah. You brought up a great point though, Aaron, I'm thinking of like, you're because you're okay with the decision, like to eat the tater tots, the, have the beer, have the cheesy fries, your future self still okay with it. Like, yes, if mm-hmm. you had a, You know, an intolerance to cheese or like had a bad reaction. Yeah, you may reconsider and be like, oh, actually, tomorrow, like my stomach's going to hurt all day. And Mm -hmm. like, maybe Mm -hmm. that's not the best option. But that's, but that's like what I try to get people to be okay with is like, out of anything, you have to be okay with your choices for your present self and that future self. Yeah. But it's that guilt and shame after which also parallels with going to that yoga class and not feeling like you could do the poses like everyone else, it brings on kind of that like guilt and shame. And that's why you don't go back. It's trying to get rid of that. Like, that's what I always find is just like the crux of everything. It's that guilt and shame that we put on ourselves. Nobody else is really putting it on us. So how, how have you, and maybe, or you don't even know, like maybe you haven't actively done it, but what would be your best advice for kind of getting rid of that guilt and shame and like that negative, I guess, self-talk and like mindset change? Or did you ever have like a moment like that? Or do you feel like it always kind of came
1: natural to you to just move on? I wouldn't say that that was natural for me. I think, you know, as, as I've grown, uh, I think about whenever I have feelings like that, I try to think about like, okay, what's informing this feeling? You know, like, okay, if I feel bad about a choice that I make, whether it's like, oh, I skipped actually a couple of weeks ago, I was having this like crazy just just like span of anxiety, you know, work yeah. stress. I was just stressed about kind of stuff. And it was just horrible. And I couldn't really get myself out of it. And so of course, for those two weeks, I like hardly worked out. We did take out more days than I usually do. And I was feeling like 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 there was some sort of moral value I was placing on the fact of like I was skipping this and I was not cooking for my family you know um not that anybody cared of course everybody loves takeout but you know it was like this thing and and I had to remind myself one of the things I tell myself often is like okay first of all like there's some there's something that is informing this feeling right like this isn't a natural feeling uh so first understanding that just because I have guilt or something around a decision doesn't mean that it's true, doesn't mean that I need to have that feeling. So that's the first thing is like, okay, just because I feel something doesn't mean it's factual. It's just the feeling. And then secondly, is that I actually made a TikTok about this a little while ago, which was, oh, there's also this feeling that like, once we get into a habit of doing something good, let's say, we just assume that now it's kind of on autopilot and that once we've started that new path, we'll just be on it forever. Wow, we just changed our life and now we feel great and we're making good choices all the time. And we forget to account for the for for life. Like life happens. These dips in um in discipline, the dip in motivation, interruptions to these good. That's part of it. That is going to happen. So when you fall into these like oh, I keep making the decision that I don't want to make or I, I'm stuck in this in this space of like not feeling my best, not feeling great. Like, okay, this is just a period of time. It's not a new normal. It's just a little blip in like the larger span of your life. And that's okay. Like these are going to happen, especially like new baby, new job, implementing new habits, you know, like you're bound to have these little interruptions to like the perfect... <laughs> habits that you've cultivated and that's okay. So it's like first up, understand that just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's true, doesn't mean you have to feel guilty about that thing or you have reason to feel guilty about that thing. And second, all right. So this is how you feel right now. This is what you're doing right now and you know that it's not working. You you're working to get out of that cycle that is not feeling good, but it also is part of it. So expect the down times and question whether or not your feelings are factual or not, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. That's so funny you say that, Erin, because I feel like a few weeks ago, that's like exactly what my therapist said. Like just because you're feeling something doesn't mean it's fact. You have to just recognize the feeling, but it's it's Mm -hmm. so true. And it does, it just makes you feel better and it takes off that stress. I think something you said too about you know, habits. And we think like, Oh, once we have this, you know, healthy habit or habit in general, it's just going to stay there. I mean, another part of it too, is like, you have to nurture that habit. Yes. So, you know, examples I think of, like, if we were thinking about yoga, like, let's say you're taking the same yoga class over and over again on YouTube, or even in person, but I guess YouTube's a better example. Cause it's like literally the same exact class <laughs> and yeah. you're like, Oh, it's so great. I do yoga every morning. I do this one class. I mean, you're probably going to get bored of that class and you yes. have to then look for something else or something like I always think of with food as a dietitian. And like, I can see it in clients a lot. Like they'll find like, okay, like I love this one breakfast. I love this one lunch. I love this one dinner, which like also PSA, you should not be eating the same exact things every single day. It's not good for your microbiome, but we, it's kind of a safety net too. Yeah. It's like, this is how I get to the habit, which is great. Right? Like you need that a lot of the times just to like form the habit, but then you got to nurture it and like expand Or because that's what we are like as humans too. It's like, we get bored of things pretty quick and we're always changing. And I think sometimes people feel really defeated at that point. Like, oh, like I don't want to do that yoga class anymore. Like, shoot, like now I'm not going to be doing yoga every day or like, oh, I'm getting like really bored of these meals. Like, great. Like now my Mm -hmm. healthy diet change is doomed. Yeah well, we got to put a little extra work in and expand. And honestly, it's usually fun. Like how much fun is it to them to be like, okay, I'm going to try a different class tomorrow. And oh, you know what? I didn't really like that one. I'll try a different one the next day, or I'm going to start experimenting with different foods. Um, but it is funny how we do just get in like, we get stuck in all these like little hamster wheels Mm -hmm. and we can't find our way out, but it's really just you know, changing your mindset a little bit and knowing that like we're always supposed to be evolving and growing and changing.
1: It's good. Yeah. And I mean, I think another big, one thing that always pushes me back on track or or it's really, yeah, it's, it's like a pull, you know, it's like, I had to really change the definition of myself to like, eat better to take care of myself better and you know i feel like this is a sensitive topic for especially yogis where the conversation is very delicate it's very like geared towards self-care like take a break relax don't tax yourself you know like this is very 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 common in the yoga world Whereas like in the fitness world it's like you know falls to the wall you go hard right like this is very different language used and so, you know, when I talk about like just changing how I, I, when I was young, I was very lazy. I mean, like bare minimum all the time, like whatever I can, the least amount of work I can get away with doing, I that that was me. And so obviously you realize like that that actually doesn't work. Like you're never going to get what you want in any scenario if that's how you approach life. So I like had to become a different person. And, and so now when I get in these ruts, it's like the thing that's in my mind is like, I I am the kind of person that will always get to the other side. So whatever I have to do to get to the other side of this, I will do it. And sometimes that means, like, obviously, I had my moments. I had my like wallowy time where I was so anxious a couple weeks ago, and like, okay, I'm just not feeling it right now. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's okay. And every day I was like, yeah, it's all right. We're just gonna get through it. But after a couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what? I am tired. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm tired of of not doing what I want to do. So now despite the anxiety, I'm going to continue. I'm going to do anyway, even with this anxiety. So, okay, get back on my, you know, I have like a a meal plan every week, you know? And so I'm like, all right, what was I going to make for dinner tonight? All right, let me defrost it. I'm not going to forget. I'm going to do that thing. And I'm going to just work out for 20 minutes. I'm not going to do my whole work. I'm just going to work out for 20 minutes. And then I had to film a yoga class. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let myself stay in this space for too much longer. I've had my time. Like I I gave myself time and now it's time. Like, okay, like you got to give yourself a pep talk once in a while to be like, all right. Yeah. It gets hard sometimes when you're on that journey of like bettering yourself or eating well or working out or doing yoga, whatever it is, there's going to be moments where you're like not enthusiastic about it. And Hey, that's part of it. And you know what, getting yourself back up is also part of it. So it's like, what motivates you? Is it your own internal definition of yourself? Do you have a larger why, like maybe some sort of goal or physical goal? Um, whatever the case is, uh, it's like you have to have you have to know what motivates you. And for me, the thing that motivates me is like how I define myself. This is how I define myself. I am not the person who will sit around and wait for inspiration. Um, that's not me. Okay, I'm just gonna get it done. So it's like, all right, if changing your self definition is a way to achieve what you want to achieve great but it might be something else so figure that out and then I feel like a lot of a lot more things open up to you if you uh know what motivates you that was yeah, no, tangent, but- but
0: no but that's great <laughs> advice and honestly Aaron, like how long would you say because I kind of would do the same thing if I'm gonna write, it's like okay let's get out of it let's start making some meals at home, like feeling good. Let's yeah. yeah. Do a little workout. Like how long does it take for you to feel good? Cause like, honestly for me, I do it maybe one day or two days and I'm back. Like it's, it's such a quick 100%. turnaround. Yes, yeah. It's such 100%. a quick turnaround for like, you know, the five days plus of like wallowing. <laughs> and then it's like, but it seems yep, so daunting yeah. when you're in the wallow. Like it oh, seems totally. so daunting to get back there But in reality, it's kind of like when you tell your, like when you have to tell yourself, like, oh, I really don't feel like moving my body or going outside for a walk. But you're like, no, the feeling after is going to be worth it. Like that's, and that's what I feel like you have to tell yourself when you're in those ruts. Um, Mm -hmm. No, that's such great advice. And, I think so many people, I mean, I know everyone can identify with that. Like if you don't go through those things, like, um, (laughs) hello, (laughs) can I meet you? (laughs) Are you human? Are you alive? Um, but do you have any other like daily, um, health and wellness non-negotiables that you do every day, whether it's mental health wise or anything that just makes you feel good that you can share with our listeners?
1: Yeah this is very niche and I, this is not a recommendation, but it's like, so one thing that I get a lot of, and this is also where like self-awareness is, is a virtue. I don't think it's literally a virtue, but it should be. And so like, you have to know yourself. So what makes you feel good? So for me, I love to be productive in a way that there's something that shows for the work that I did. Like, I love cleaning my kitchen. Cause I'm like, wow, look at this, you know? Um, and there's so yeah i like to produce something so first thing in the morning i wake up and most mornings out of the week i make sourdough and it's not you know it's mostly very passive but i make bread almost every morning and um it just sits in the oven for a long time otherwise like people really get whenever i talk about this on social media people i think they think you know picturing little house little house on the prairie type and i'm like no 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 it's really takes you know, like 5 minutes of work and then it just sits in the oven so anyway i make bread because this really feeds me. Like I really enjoy the process of it. And I wake up before my family, I wake up like probably 45 minutes before anybody else does. I set everything up, empty the dishwasher. I like set myself up for the day. So the dishwasher's empty. Breakfast is prepped. My bread is made. I make lunch, you know, for my son. Um, and And I feel like I've had that time to like get a lay of the land for the day. I, for a while I would wake up like first year of my son's life, you know, rest is of utmost importance when they're, when they're fresh, when the babies are fresh. So I would just lay in bed till like the second he got up and then it was like mad rush to do everything I had to do. And I was like, wow, this sucks. Like, I hate this. I'm hating it more and more. And so I've got to figure out a way to like have time that is just quiet. And that's where I could find it. It was in the morning. So I highly recommend, uh, once you're out of the baby phase. It's
0: so Aaron, it's so funny you're saying that because that's the one thing. So my son is 15 months old and that was the one, well, that was the one positive with daylight savings until he like, he had to adjust a little bit, but I had kept saying like, well, and also I'm pregnant. So I was like, you know, getting Mm -hmm. up in the morning was a little bit tougher, but I was like, no, I need to get up and at least have 30 minutes to myself. Like, I stopped journaling and all these things yeah. that I love to do. And yeah, emptying the dishwasher is like really gratifying when you do it before anyone else wakes up. And so finally like you don't want to do it, but it's exactly. Good after. <laughs> and finally, like he has adjusted now to daylight savings. And I can, I can wake up at five or five thirty and mm-hmm. have that time. And I'm just so much better for it
1: yeah you know yeah. like and I think that's like such a big piece too, is that so many times doing the hard thing is also the right thing, and mm-hmm. just because it's hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it, you know, and I think no. I'm talking to like yoga type people right now because that's like really so much of the conversation is like I said, being really gentle with yourself, and that's important too self care like there is a there is a se- there are many seasons in life in which like working out and being ambitious is just not of a priority. Like when you have a new baby or when you're pregnant, like, yeah, you're just going to be doing a little bit less at that point. And that's because you're doing other things like you're you're taking care of children. So it's like, this is not always a top priority, but you know, you have that like little internal knowing when you're like, "Mm, okay, it's time. I need to, like you exactly. said, exactly. You know, and I'm, like the first okay, the first day
0: or two doing it was like it was tough. But then once it's like brutal. again that feeling kicked in of like, oh my God, I love this alone time for you know at least 30 minutes, if not longer. Now I'm like eager to get out of bed when it hits, you know, five or five thirty, versus before it was like, okay, get up so you can have that time. But it's like, no, now I'm craving in it, and it took what you maybe three or four mornings of doing it to be like, nope, this is now the routine, and that's that. And you know, with kids, yes. everything ebbs and flows. So hopefully, this can last for a bit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Once he get, once he's like independent, he can get it out of bed. He'll be like, "Mom's awake." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> You've got to just keep him in a crib like really long. You have time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's like his mattress
0: in his crib's like almost on the, on floor. the floor. Oh yeah. Yeah, mine oh, yeah. too. I've gotta, no climbing I've gotta... out there.
1: Oh yeah. No, I have a little, my son is like a tornado. So I'm like, as long as I can keep you contained, I'm going to do it.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. But that's such a good tip. Is there anything else you do? You feel like on a daily basis that really just makes you feel good?
1: Um, So I recently started also just first thing in the morning, if it's not raining, I go outside and just instead of doing meditation, like a, like a traditional meditation where like eyes are closed, I'm still focused on internal stuff. I can't do that. So I go outside without my phone and I just look at the trees. Like there's so many there's just beautiful nature in my backyard and I literally just watch the leaves move, I listen to birds, I look at the squirrels in the grass. Like just and then it's it's like just an exercise in refocusing. So obviously I'm looking at this thing and then I get distracted by something in my head and I'm like, "Oh right, okay, back to just taking in nature around me." And it's like it's focusing on something neutral, kind of passive. And it's very, it's very meditative. And I think that's a great alternative for like people who are like, I can't meditate. I'm not meditating. Yeah, same. I'm not meditating either. But this is meditation. It's just like an externally focused meditation. Um So that's also something that's really been beneficial. Um and then yeah, pay attention to bedtime. Don't stay up too late. <laughs> that was another thing that I do.
0: <laughs> I agree. I know. I'm like in bed by 10 PM so you can get the yeah. most REM sleep and the most deep yeah. sleep so you can actually feel rested. Rested. Um, Yeah, so much. Well, Erin, thank you so much. I mean, I know so many people and so many of our listeners will be able to identify with everything we talked about today. Um, We love to end every episode with a little rapid fire Q&A. So three questions. First thing that comes to mind, what is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool? Walking outside. Love it. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? black. <laughs> what is your, okay. This is like my favorite one. Cause I also get it like a little glimpse into like either what people cook or what they, you know, grew up with. What is your favorite home cooked meal?
1: Okay. It really depends who's cooking it. And uh, my mom doesn't cook. So, Oh, okay. My grandmother makes this very, it's like very unique. It's a German, dish specific to the region that she's from called sour braten and it is rum bro like beef marinated in white vinegar and a bunch of herbs and spices for literally like seven days it marinates raw and then you slow roast it and it just so it's it's vinegary it's very sour um and it just like once it's cooked it just like is melting away it's the softest meat ever and i love vinegar i love sour so it's like man, that's definitely, that's up there.
0: So very, very good. Oh, that specific. sounds so good. It sounds so good. And it sounds like it's
1: made with so much love. You know,
0: anything that like Y'all has guess. to marinate for seven days, like I know, right? There's so much love and time put into that. Except like versus like our generation that's like, um, instant pot, like anything Ramen. quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Aaron, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about um your strength and yoga? Classes and courses, where can they go?
1: So always um a good place to start is social media. I post tons of reels. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at bad yogi official. Um if you want to practice yoga with me, go to studio.badyogi.com where you can get a free two-week trial. I offer um just a yoga side of that studio as well as a um, yoga and strength training side where I do like fresh programming every month on both sides of them new classes. Uh, so yeah, lots of, lots of, there's like 300 something, 350 something yoga classes in there. And I constantly adding to it. So it's a good place to start and you get a free trial. So,
0: Oh my gosh. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we'll connect again soon. Thanks.
1: It was, it was a pleasure.
0: This week's actionable step is to try to create less judgment in your wellness routine and give yourself more balance and grace. Thank you for listening to naturally well by Nordic naturals. And remember you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our naturally well YouTube channel for something to do in between episodes. Follow me on Instagram at live with Kate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Wells hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.